The year is 2008, and a man has a dream to change the way the internet works forever and the way criticism on the internet works forever. <laughs> that man's name is Doug Walker. <laughs> and he formed a website by the name of That Guy with the Glasses. One year later, it had become successful beyond his wildest dreams, and he decided to commemorate the anniversary of his flagship site by making a movie. <sighs> Folks, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. We're <laughs> at some point in your life, you realize that you got to make a podcast about the Doug Walker movies, and <laughs> I've gotten to that moment. So I and my uh, streaming buddy slash... Twitter friend slash mortal enemy Esther Rosenfeld. <laughs> mortal enemy. Yeah, yeah. You know all the well, f arguments that we get into. <laughs> to me, we're friends, but okay, I see how it is. Yeah, well, I mean, we're friends too, but no, we um, <laughs> we're we have decided to do a mini series where we go through all of the nostalgia critic movies, all five of them, plus three other nostalgia critic specials so to speak, to be revealed later. And we are going to go through them all. And we are going to not only review them, because, you know, we're both serious film critics. Of course. Um, but we are going to be talking about their place in internet culture as a whole and the uh, how they almost mirror the way parts of nerd culture on the internet and internet culture as a whole has evolved over time. And we are going to give the worst movies in history a far more serious treatment than they deserve so folks i don't know what the hell this is but we're doing it and today <laughs> we are starting with the first anniversary movie not kickassia most don't know this you see real doug heads like myself know that there was one before it it is called the tigwa tig that's what the the cool kids called it back in the day the tigwa tig team brawl and it consists of Doug Walker and fellow internet reviewer James Rolfe having a battle royale featuring various members of the That Guy with the Glasses site. Uh, and before we get into this, I want to ask you, Esther, you're, you're I don't know, like uh, 20 or 30 years older than me. Um, <laughs> what, um, <laughs> what is, what is your, <laughs> um, if, if I'm surprised they let you, I'm surprised they let you uh, podcast in hospice. But um, <laughs> what, what um, what is your history with that guy with the glasses dot com slash channel awesome slash Mister Doug Walker? Yeah, I mean, you know, the nostalgic critic really inspired me to become a critic uh, back in the day. Um, he was sort of the <laughs> first critic I I saw who made me think, wow, I can do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was in 2008, I was 14 years old, which is like mm. the age that, uh, you should be when you're watching nostalgia critic videos at any point in time. It's one of those yeah. sorts of things. Really, if you, if you were 14 years old in 2008, you had it made because like the dark Knight just came out. <laughs> nostalgia critic was on the rise. All of culture was your oyster. Um. Yeah, no, there is no better time to be a fourteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old than fucking two thousand eight. From what I've gathered, 
I was nine in 2008. I I, I didn't know oh, what the fuck was going on. It's fucked. But it's fucked up. <laughs> you're you're a teenager in 2008. God, you've got it made. And oh, yeah. Yeah, Iron um, Man, all these all this bullshit is is it's for you and it's it's on the table. Um, yeah, no, the Obama <laughs> era has this. begun. I remember finding these videos online, and of course, it was like instantly, like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life." As someone who was at at the time, you know, in, into movies in a very shallow and stupid way, um, yeah, I thought these were amazing. So I like followed the site all the way through until I until I like by until I graduated high school. Basically, I was at least watching the videos regularly, and I definitely was. There came a point where I was like, "These are." I don't like watching these anymore. And I think it was probably around the time that like to boldly flee was coming out. And it was like <laughs> five hours long, but they were releasing it in like 10 minute chunks. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. If you're real though, why doesn't film Twitter have debates on whether to boldly flee is a movie or not? <laughs> it came out, it was a serialized text. It came out in like seven or eight episodes. I mean, come on people. We, we really gotta, we really gotta level the playing field here, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of with you there, except shift the timeline a bit. I I actually got into um I got into that guy with the glasses because I was I was like a pop music nerd, and, and when I was in like when I was like ten years old or something, I had a really awesome childhood. Um, and <laughs> I I found uh Todd's pop song reviews on YouTube and. Uh, you know, I, I, all my, all my judgments on these people as personalities is going to be, I'm going to try and separate it from them as people because I don't know how they are as people. And there's like, if you're a YouTube content creator, you have like 95 different rumors circulating about you at any given moment. But I do recall that Todd was like mildly smarter and more chilled out than his contemporaries. But then I remember I went to that site and I was like, oh, they got a whole bunch of stuff like this. And I saw the Nostalgia Critic. And I guess I must have been like 12 at the time. And I was like, like you, I was like, this is awesome. This is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and unlike you, though, it, it must have been like 2010 or 2011. So I had like over 100 Nostalgia Critic episodes I could just backlog. Wow. And that was just something I did for... You know, probably months I would just watch fucking old nostalgia critic reviews and show them to friends and stuff. And of course, all my friends are also my age. So it's like, wow, this is awesome. This rules. <laughs> and yeah, I think I, I never really had a, a specific breaking point. Um, I, uh, I, I just kind of stopped watching the nostalgia critic. Like, I. I think the last one I ever watched was the one he did on the Shining miniseries. And I remember it's just like, this is just an insanely long thing that's like maybe a little funny. At this point, I'm in high school. I'm like, yeah, I just don't need to do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something way more productive, which no, I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> they got yeah, so like, long. Yeah, that was, that's a big part. And that's going to be a theme in our podcast, I think, is, is just how like, you know, when these started out, when he started out and he was on YouTube and at the time on YouTube, you can't go longer than 10 minutes. So you maybe you could do like a split it into two parts. But because of the way the site worked back then, it was like hard to get someone to navigate to a part two, maybe. Um, 
and then now, of course, you can upload fucking anything. You can have like you know, hundred hour long videos. You can do whatever you want. And it's interesting to chart the evolution of like how disgustingly self indulgent uh, his his work gets as they as he is allowed to I, upload longer and longer videos. I also need to say that uh, although I I did stop watching the Nostalgia Critic in high school. I was not too cool for the Nostalgia Critic in high school. I have vivid memories of after an exam, me and my friends going into a closet to watch zero punctuation reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I was not too cool for that shit. So, uh, it, it, yeah, oh. no, I... But, but the point is, is that I, I feel like the Nostalgia Critic and this type of angry internet rev nerd reviewer was a huge part of people's lives i think about mm. like maybe for people two years younger to me to uh people maybe five or six years older than me like that it's on that like late gen z early millennial cusp that type of internet nerd was a, like a fixture especially if you were a person who was into movies or into video games or even into music um i think that that type of person was uh always there and sort of represented represented at least in hindsight in internet that we have long since left behind and i i think that it would be productive to go back and dig through the stuff and also take shots at an insane narcissist and his horrible horrible attempts at making art and the all of the horrible horrible things he did in service of that so we are talking today about the um tigwatig team brawl the first anniversary movie so uh esther i i was pleasantly surprised this was a this was a really special picture i thought this was a this was a great movie uh yeah here's the thing about it is that um it's 20 minutes long. It does feel like easily twice that length. Um, it just sort of, you feel every single second of it as it tracks on. Oh and it God. made me very scared for when these things actually get to like actual feature length, how that's going to be. Um, what I remember about this though, is that like, this was like part of like an overarching narrative because yes. there was the whole like feud with the angry video game nerd that they would sort of build on and like, sort of they would take pot shots at each other and this was finally like the all right we're gonna do the big crossover um <laughs> and the thing that struck me about it the most is how few of these personalities i recognized yeah yeah no uh there there are so many people in this video who just two or three years later are unrecognizable yeah like th there are so many people in this movie called like um the cynical elephant or like <laughs> dungeon master steve and like everyone's just like oh uh, dungeon master steve he's the, the member of our site that reviews tabletop games it's like i i was fucking a huge nerd about the site at the time and i have no idea who the fuck these people are um yeah no there are yeah. so many and it's admittedly some of it is kind of sad because, you know, we, we do have to talk about how all of the behind-the-scenes catastrophes at Channel Awesome throughout this. And uh, it'll probably be mostly focused on the Suburban Nights and To Boldly Flee episodes. But, yeah, uh, we have a lot of the fucking yeah. allegations about, this, about yeah. those things. But the um, 
a lot of the people, or at least a couple of the people in this, like, you know, the reason why they weren't remembered was because that, you know, a lot of them had really terrible experiences with Channel Awesome and just, like, kind of jumped ship early on. Like, I don't know if that guy Chaos D1 is in this, um, but he, he like, in the Not So Awesome document, he talks about how he joined the site and for the seven years, or Nerd to the Third Power, and he said, like, for the seven years I worked on this site, like, all the staff, or one of the staff members, like, basically worked to isolate me from the rest of the staff, basically. And it, it is kind of amazing how wildly evil the yeah. people who ran behind the scenes were but the that the the specific yeah. bit that he talks about and we'll get more into i guess these personalities as we go on but mm. uh mike michaud who was in charge of the site in, in in like he's he's the one that everyone talks about in that document as like he was in some executive capacity and he's has a yeah, cameo he's the ceo yeah. yeah 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 and the one thing that that person said was like after uh you know producer for the site uh jew wario killed himself um he suggested this person suggested to mike michaud hey we should do like a big you know memorial where people everyone gets together and we share memories of him and stuff and mike michaud basically told him like uh you're not gonna have anything to do with it we're gonna get like doug and linkara and all our big stars to do it because no one gives a fuck about you. And yeah. I read that last night. I was like, oh my God, that's like fucking psychopath shit. That's yeah, unreal. It um, it was insane. I, I'll save the Juario discussion for later since he, he is kind of the, he is one of, he like, he is one of the most complicated, let's say, figures on the site. But I, I do remember how like, kind of horrifying that was at the time before everyone knew the allegations against him mm. and yeah the fact that you know they just want even at the time the ceo just wanted to use it as like another piece of content is really really just horrifying and unsettling and kind of uh illustrates how you know how this web how this website worked behind the scenes but uh anyways uh back to the movie in particular yeah you are right that this is sort of a continuation of an arc that doug and james rolf had james rolf is uh the angry video game nerd he is basically the first one to ever do this type of uh angry internet nerd he uh he's honestly like in terms of web content one of like the 10 or so most influential figures ever Mm. and uh he and doug like i think their fan bases sort of imagined that there was like a feud between them or made up a rumor so they leaned into it and they did it as a joke and then they decided to resolve it here um and so yeah uh even though what's his name james wasn't a part of the guy with the glasses the uh you know he's in this and he you know joins the fight and i this first thing i mentioned to esther when i was watching this and i was dming her i said um I said, James Rolfe, I'm not even a huge fan of him, but he is so much more charismatic than literally everyone else in this. It is insane. Yeah, he like he falls into this character like really naturally. And it's yeah. it's very much like there, there's no consistency to the nostalgia critic, right? This is yeah. a guy who like sometimes he's the butt of the joke, but also because this D- Doug Walker is an egomaniac, like yeah. he can't always be. It always has to ultimately be about how cool he is. Um, yeah. Whereas like all James Rolfe has to do is, you know, 
say something very intently about, you know, uh, this is like diarrhea and a dog's asshole. That's, yeah. that's it. That's the whole character. And he, like, he, and he does it. And he's yeah. like, and he's, and it's like, it's, you know, I probably wouldn't go back and watch angry video game nerd videos, but sure. Yeah. Like it's, that's, yeah. he sells it. He does, he's yeah. great at playing that character. And it's obvious why that was so influential on like everyone else in that room. Literally. Yeah. He's great at playing the character. And in this, I think like, you know, all of these movies sort of have this faux tongue-in-cheek element where, you know, it's like, oh, we're nerds, but we're pretending we're badasses or whatever. But, like, if you even, like, look beneath that, these people think they're hot shit. Like, oh, yeah. all yeah. of the reviewers here, I mean, maybe not all of them, but, like, all of the big names at this point think they're hot shit because they're, like, web content creators. And James is the only one who does not give that impression at all. He just seems like he's just happy to do this and he likes doing it. And he he, he seems to be actually enjoying himself the most out of all of this. Um, but, oh, uh, yeah, no, maybe, maybe I don't know. I, I don't know no, him, I mean, but there's it's definitely, kind of... You can rank everyone on a scale of, like, most happy to be there and, like, he's near the top and then least happy to be there and Lindsay Ellis is at the bottom. I don't know yes, if you got gotta that t- impression. <laughs> we, we gotta just... talk about Lindsay. First of all, she is what she is like for somebody who's ostensibly like the second, you know, most popular member of this website, she has one line of dialogue in this, yeah. or maybe two, and she yeah. delivers it like she's telling a child their dog died. Like she's <laughs> miserable. No. Okay, Lindsay Ellis. I don't know if people even know this about her now since she's just become this, like, oh, she's not. probably now, like, the biggest former member of that site. Like mm, Easily. Like, she's eclipsed Doug at this point. And whatever you think of her as a person or her behavior on Twitter, shall we say, um, she is much smarter and much more technically talented and a much better video essayist. And it is not surprising at all that her style of analytical... Uh, video essay is what's popular now and not guys dressed as Batman screaming about the Ninja Turtles. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And Lindsay, you know, the funny thing is, is that like everything I knew about her, like even before the not so awesome document came out, just like from when she was uh, like a contributor to the site, she was known amongst the community for being like, you know, a hardline feminist. And she brought like, even in her really early reviews, sort of a feminist perspective to stuff, but her character was imagined as she, she got onto the site by winning a contest for who could be the female version of the nostalgic critic. Yep. And like, you can tell how uncomfortable she is in that role of like, even in the early days, the shouty video game, like the shouty nerd, it just doesn't suit her at all. And she's kind of forced, like she is a, she is like a fucking film student. She was a USC grad student at the time. And she, she's not like a fucking comic book nerd. Like the rest of these people are, she's a film student who liked, you know, serious stuff, at least at the time. And uh, just the fact that she's forced to act in these, you know, terrible movies, for an egomaniac, you can tell just how much she hates this whole operation. And the best part is how her first line of dialogue is. (laughs) (laughs) She like rescues the critic who's getting pummeled by James Rolfe, which sidebar within a sidebar, 
the fighting in this, like every single punch is with the same sound effect. <laughs> it's like it sounds like some shit from like Super Smash Brothers Brawl and they they use the score from Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah, they that. do. They use they use so much fucking copyrighted music in this and it, <laughs> they use so much like video game soundtracks. This this has the distinct energy of like a movie i would make with my friend on a flip video camera <laughs> when i was when i was in lower school but and it's so irritating so fast that like they have one sound effect and it's just um freestounds freestounds.org comic book punch dot wmv and but anyways, within that, she rescues, she rescues the critic. She says, and I quote, "All right, come out, come on, critic, let's kick ass and get cynical." Yep, you said it with about ten times as much enthusiasm as she did, though. She said it. She 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 said it like she was like 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 explaining to uh, a cop, uh, like why there's a dead body in her pool like there there's yeah. no, she did not want to be there she she would rather be on the other side of the planet like it, it's yeah, hysterical it, yeah no you can tell that even at like this point in her life when she's like <laughs> hustling as hard as she can she's in fucking grad school uh she's just God. like you can just tell that she knows she's too good for this shit and yeah honestly as she someone in is. grad school right now i cannot imagine taking a fucking break from my my studies or whatever to go act in some dipshits movie where there's a bit where i have to fight another girl and and two of my coworkers like takes pictures and say that's hot like it's yeah. just fucking she, she was literally she might have i don't know if this was concurrent but i know that she edited ryan coogler's one of ryan coogler's movies there and wow <laughs> imagine fucking two Im- roads diverged in a wood holy shit yeah. imagine you 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 are getting slammed by grad work course load and you struggling to pay for usc and in between all of this in between editing ryan coogler's senior thesis and apparently they even fucking knew at the time that that guy was going to be a big deal oh yeah i'm sure you go up and, and after that you you have to pretend you have to put on pigtails and Fuck. pretend to fight like 90 different guys who are really into comic books for a living <laughs> it is... she she disappears i don't know if you picked up on this after her first yeah. and like after her first line and half of her dialogue is over she disappears for like a full five minutes yeah. she's not in any of the shots it's like where <laughs> where did she go you just, just wandered off behind the scenes that doug was just like all right Lindsay, we're gonna make an epic movie and she's just like you have me for one day yeah. one day <laughs> yeah you have me for the contractual minimum here and then i am gone well i'm uh, sure they could only rent out this fucking holiday in conference room for like three hours so yeah oh god no they so they have they the way it works is that the brawl sort of it starts with uh it starts with James and Doug and then Lindsay joins in and then Linkara joins in and Linkara is kind of under like Doug 
Linkara doesn't seem like a bad person in the way yeah. Doug does, but like yeah. Linkara, his whole persona is one of the funniest things of all time. Just like the way he is like, I'm an epic steampunk badass or whatever. And he he was like a notoriously had some like right leaning opinions during his tenure at the site. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. still the case, but like. I remember in like a nostalgia critic video, he went on a pro Israel rant, which, is... <laughs> <laughs> which I, I think one of the I... funniest, one of the funniest sentences of I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that's so like that's so. I kind of have like a begrudging respect for that. Almost like if you can, if you can interrupt a nostalgia critic video to ra- rant about how we need the, the state of Israel, I think like. <laughs> Oh I think that's God. just something I kind of have to like. I have to give it up for you there. <laughs> but he he like he like he takes himself as seriously as Doug does, just mm. without the egomania. So you just have this guy like dressed like he's in a fucking barbershop quartet, pretending <laughs> to shoot a flintlock pistol, and it's oh God. He looks it, like he looks like every Firefly fan. Uh, dress around this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> he, he looks like a guy who like tries to make small talk with you at Comic Con. It's. <laughs> yeah, standing outside good. the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's it, every, everyone. Like, that's the thing is that like even the people in this movie, aside from Lindsay, who don't seem like bad people, like. They just all are just taking themselves so seriously, even if they're doing it with the Ryan Reynolds, like, kind of wink thing, where it's like, oh, oh we know we're in a shitty movie, and we know we're a bunch of nerds, but, like, it's it's this, like, smugness within all of it that's really, really irritating. It's weird because, like, I feel like this is going to get worse as it goes on, right? Like, for sure. Mm. Because there is, in this one at least, almost, there is sometimes the sense of, like, sometimes you get the impression that, oh, you know, we're just, we're meeting up with our friends from the site for the first time. And, like, you know, we're doing this silly thing. And it's, like, there is sort of in the air, I think, that general sense of, like, oh, we're doing something goofy and we're meeting up and, you know, for the fans um, and that I, I that will go away pretty quickly because oh, yeah. the site is run by like uh, like the demon ego brothers. monsters. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's definitely there. And I noted like I was just like wrote in my notes and said, did Doug get worse as a filmmaker? Question mark. <laughs> I'd be willing to believe it. I, I it, he was he's a notorious he's notoriously incompetent. Like, I'm not even talking as, like, a formalist or whatever. Like, just, like, as, like, he did not know that craft services were a thing. And I I would love to, like, kind of try, like, a, just, like, a formal analysis of these movies and seeing if he actually got worse and worse as this went on. You can't get much fucking worse. Like, listen, there's not a single shot in this movie where the camera is being held level. It's literally, it's, there's one, you know, bit early on where it's just when they're running through the hotel or whatever, and it's just like always tilted. It looks like fucking Kenneth Branagh Thor. It's like, what? what are you doing? Like he's filming on a camcorder and he just can't hold it fucking straight <laughs> they're, i think they're trying to do like a battlefield earth parody at one point since doug used to have this big thing in his um in his reviews it was of this um 
of these this Stephen King miniseries, and he used to complain about wide-angle lenses a lot, which, fuck off, man. Wide-angle lenses are <laughs> cool. But no, he was just like, you're over, you're overusing the wide-angle lens! Yeah, and it's great. It's like when, you, that's like when you learn a word and you can't stop using it for a day. Yeah. yeah. Because this one Stephen King uh, miniseries had like a bunch of like kind of tilted shots where people's faces look weird. And it's like, oh man, they're just using that way too much. <laughs> it's even better when you know it's like, motherfucker, you do not know what a camera is. You you do yeah. not you do not know what <laughs> It's like it's like when you're watching a sport and you know one rule, so when you have to chime in, you're just like, oh that's that's cause of that. He's doing that because of that. But it's like the one yeah. thing you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like Doug, Doug complaining about like all these movies, like oh you're you got all these weird shots. It's like your dad who hasn't like who hasn't done any physical activity in twenty five years is like yeah I could make that touchdown. I could totally make that touchdown. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. Except it's yeah. even worse. It's like if your dad didn't know what a football was and said that. <laughs> I could do that. I could throw. That. Yeah, I could yeah. throw that far easily. I could jump that no. high. that's that is what's so funny i think about all of these is that yeah underneath this like they are well half of them i guess also just you know little aside it's so funny that the divide here is between critics and gamers (laughs) yeah i just think that's funny but anyway yeah yeah, it's 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 just like the subtext here of like all right we're people who review movies and you know have to posture on some level of like oh we're an authority like we know what we're talking about yeah. But then the second they have to make one of these things, it's just instantly revealed. It's like, oh, you don't know how to do this. Like, you don't yeah. know anything about, like, <laughs> how I, I to actually de- make these. I don't demand, like, movie critics know how to make movies really well. But, like, the fact you that take, you don't... Take really well off the end of that sentence, and I'm fine. Yeah. You should at least have some idea of, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. how it's made. Even if not, even if you don't have to make them well. You should yeah, no, have, like, should... a baseline. Yeah, <laughs> You should know where to point a camera at the very least. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it it is really really impressive how little they know. Even in this, which is like has the least egregious movie making out of all of them. I mean, that's mostly because it's the shortest, but like even in the, well, then again, even in this there's like this like really loud room tone in a couple of scenes. Like it's <laughs> Just, like, this really, really echoey sound in some of the shots, and god, it is, again, it is like a, it is like a flip video made movie that me and my friends would have made in fourth grade. It's, it's not good. It's crazy. It's, it's, like, all of the, like, weird inside references are, 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 are bizarre to watch now, because that's, you know. Not maybe it's it, it is asking too much. I think of something like this to be like mm, it doesn't stand the test of time. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's yeah. not take this too seriously. But at the yeah. same time, like this movie is fucking incomprehensible unless you are currently living in two thousand nine and visit this stupid website every day. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, I also wanted to point out. Uh, so in that not so awesome document. There is a, and by the way, the reason we're not doing a plot synopsis of this, we'll do a plot synopsis of the <laughs> oh, actual movie. But, the, yeah, the, the deep yeah. fucking plot. Of this. There's, yeah, we can't, we cannot do a synopsis of this, which is just like men screaming at each other and pretending to punch each other for 10 minutes. <laughs> but 
in that document, uh, Allison Pregler, who hasn't joined yet, she says that she said that one of the most revealing anecdotes about Doug is that he didn't know, like he didn't really understand the concept of comedy that wasn't referential or taken from somewhere else. <laughs> So, like, when he, like, asked her, like, what do you base your voice off, voice off of? And he said, and she said, I don't base it off of anything. It's just my voice. And he's like, no, but, no, but, like, where do you get it from? And she's like, I don't get it from anywhere. I just, just use a funny voice sometimes. That's all. Yeah. And it, you can tell because there's a Dumb and Dumber joke. It's just straight up stolen from Dumb and Dumber in the middle of this. Uh, the It's the scene where, like, the... AVGN just punches the critics' balls a bunch of times. Um, I think they steal a bunch of shit from, like, South Park. At the end of this, there's, like, an aside where these terribly photoshopped things, and it's, like, King Kong, Jesus, and Mecha Christ fight each other. And it's, again, it is, like, some South Park circa 1999 shit. And it's... Oh, God. It's bizarre. It is literally, like, everything... Uh, everything in this that is so key to i think understanding doug and i think interesting to bring up in the context of this because the guy he fucking stole everything from is like in this (laughs) he's here and he's just they're fighting each other um like and you know kudos to james rolf i guess for playing along because i think it would have been very easy for him even at the time to be like you're ripping my whole like shtick (laughs) like i invented this (laughs) yeah he he didn't even he didn't even say anything about the irate gamer who was like more flagrant than Doug about it. <laughs> uh, like, I think someone asked him about the irate gamer during a convention and just said, "I mean, he's not going to acknowledge me, so why should I?" And, <laughs> yeah, no, James, right. James was a fucking class act, and I, it, I do, I do have to give some respect there. Where I think he knew that this wasn't going to be some flash in the pan guy. I mean. In the long run, he would be. But I think he knew that, like, yeah, it's probably better for my career and my longevity if I just kind of play along with this. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I smart move, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah, and also, also, some cultural references in here. Some some contemporary cultural references oh, yes, in here. Yes. Es- Esther. Yes. I, one one of your favorite movies and a movie I'm quite fond of as well gets uh pot shots taken at it in the middle of this. The film Cloverfield. Oh my god, that's right. They, they... That's, it's yeah, I, I like it's one of those things where it's cuz when he looks at the stupid like South Park the Mecha Christ or whatever and he's like, mm, that's what the Cloverfield monster should have looked like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i forgot That's that epic. that was like dipshit discourse back then it's like oh when yeah. you finally see the monster it, it looks dumb it's the yeah. sort of thing that was like all over the internet back then that no one would ever even think about now you yeah <laughs> you know there there was that was such a that movie almost like dropped at the wrong time because like th- there was just such this like dumb moron discourse about that movie and they were just like the monster looks stupid you can't even see it and that was a big thing i think doug did a cloverfield review actually and probably uh, did even then kind of stretching the fucking definition of what a what what nostalgia critic means (laughs) yeah Uh, but it was um (laughs) it's not good also doug's other and way less successful and liked personas 
show up in this too. Doug? Oh, God, yeah. Doug, okay. The one thing I will have to give it up to Doug for is that even in the early days, the man had, like, an insane work ethic. And he he pumped out so much fucking content. He had the Nostalgia Critic. He had bum reviews which was him dressed up like a homeless guy and doing a funny voice for five minutes and it was unwatchable yep and he 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 had a another segment called ask that guy with the glasses and it was him like in a bathrobe making like epic dark jokes or whatever (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even remember that one i had to look that one up when i was watching this i was like who the fuck is that supposed to be yeah he he yeah, it was literally just like people would submit questions and um what is it? He would just like he would do like Daniel Tosh style like God. uh lay 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 dark dark humor or whatever. That was a yeah, that was a huge thing back then. There was the Ask a Ninja videos, I remember. Those were gigantic. Yeah. Um yeah, there was a huge thing is just to read viewer submitted kind of mundane viewer submitted questions and then do like fucked up edgy responses like in a character that and yeah, that was him like again it's like that's he's just doing that he has to yeah. just take that he has to yeah, do his like, version of that it was just all just like 13 year olds saying like what do you think of justin bieber and then <laughs> he would just be like i think that i should kill him with bacon i'll kill yeah. him because he sucks dick <laughs> yeah it was, that was it all yeah, you needed it was just like he's sucking my dick right now because i'm <laughs> epic it was it was all shit like that and <sighs> he added like the disney sember stuff too mm-hmm. and he oh god there there he made so much fucking stuff and it is and that was a thing that people brought up in that document is like yeah there were only you know six or seven slots for videos every single day and he would take up like three of them because he had so many fucking series going on there was no way to get on the stupid site in the first place yeah he said that i think one time um what what is it um uh allison said like yeah i was i was barely making ends meet so i was like hey maybe i should put some mid-roll videos on or start a patreon and then doug was just like oh you should just make like more videos because that's what (laughs) i do that's just my work ethic that's just my work ethic yeah, yeah, I think that was the exact so quote. You know you're talking to a complete piece of shit when they say the words, that's just my work ethic. Yeah. Someone, anyone who says that is, like, in the clan. That's, <laughs> that's, that is the, that yeah. is the energy that they have. Yeah. Yeah, people who say, that's just my work ethic, like, they're bald and they wear wraparound sunglasses. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 No. They, if... If you are, like, trying to sleep and you hear, like, blasting club music in the apartment above you, the guy who answers the door when you complain will say something like, that's just the work ethic. God, so... Uh, anyways, you mentioned the really sexist joke where, uh, you know, I think Bennett the Sage and Spoonie are going to fight Bennett the Sage. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that We're going to have to talk my... about Spoonie later, in maybe later yeah. episodes too, because may, maybe the darkest character that we're going to come across in any of these. In Aside terms of from the... Wario, he is the As... darkest character. Yeah, yeah he... his life went some distressing places. Yeah, he is He is the Ian Curtis of that guy with the glasses. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, Spoonie, he brings this very feral presence to this movie where he's just like, he, he looks like he he was on speed during the recording of this, and he's got, uh, I don't know, this like really shaggy haircut, and he's just on there, and he he he, he looks like he's lost, and <laughs> he is like he was one of the guys who like if the if the stuff that happened with him hadn't happened, like he would have been gigantic, like as big as yeah. Doug. He would have been. Oh, absolutely. He had that kind of like very natural kind of video charisma and of course like if that had happened he would have been canceled by now because he's just you know every all of his videos back then were like calling the protagonist of final fantasy 8 a faggot or whatever um <laughs> then i then that i'd respect him that would be cool <laughs> listen, I, listen i i downloaded those videos so i could like put them on my ipad ipod for long car trips like i love that guy he was just he was funny he was terrible but he was like yeah he, he had like a very very easygoing like charisma and i um, think i never watched his stuff but he he had like a I think he had like a way more natural sense of humor too, from what I'd heard where he would just Definitely. play games and just be like, this guy's gay. And <laughs> he, he didn't even like script stuff. He would just play the games and just make jokes. And yeah, it, like the, the, there was no, and there was kind of a character to him because he would do like skits at, at some point, but those kind of yeah. fell off. Like it, it was totally like, there was no, like, uh, you know, there was no character in the way that Doug is doing characters all the time. It was, it, it was yeah. honestly, it was, it was, very like uh innovative and kind of predictive of like what guys on the internet like that are now like pewdiepie isn't doing a character he is just yeah being very exaggerated and ridiculous and like that's why he's popular um and that's what spoonie was and yeah god he yeah he and he and red supre are kind of like the most innovative figures in that area red supre is one of those red supre is kind of like james rolf and that they aged surprisingly well Mm. um but yeah, old Red Supreme videos are still kind of funny from when they had that really mean guy on there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just God. wanted to take a sidebar. Old Red Supreme videos are great because it's just the two of them just like making jokes. And then this one guy with a deep voice is just like, this guy should fucking kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, just uh, the, the old internet was a wild, wild place where there was no threat heart. of cancellation at any given point in time. You so could say was anything. Just... Yeah, you could Here's say anything. You couldn't make any money, but you could call anyone you wanted a faggot. Yeah. That's the trade-off. You could say anything you wanted. You could do whatever dumb shit, and there was no looming threat of like people getting mad at you from at least a woke perspective or anything. You could just do whatever the hell you wanted to. And th- this is why I think these movies are kind of interesting as cultural artifacts, because they, they chart the end of this era of the internet they Mm. you know that guy with the glasses begins in 2008 which is right around the time youtube is really becoming this huge cultural force and social media i mean social media had been around for longer but the social media we know like facebook and twitter are starting to gain some momentum although twitter doesn't really become a big big deal until like the arab spring um and it, it does feel like by the time to boldly flee comes out then a couple years later you got shit like gamergate happening and then the internet just becomes a much much different place so these these movies are worthless and arguably like really evil pieces of art if you're even going to call them that but (laughs) they are 
they are worthwhile as capsule or like time capsules of a different time. Yeah. And th- th- this one captures this sort of naive optimism of the early Obama era internet, I think. I, I totally agree. It, it is. And it's going to come crashing down like pretty quickly, I think. I, I, I think uh, when we get to the next one, we will already see those cracks appearing of like, oh, this is completely unsustainable because all of these, some of these personalities are just like fucking monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Watching these movies is like watching uh the it's like the arc of a Scorsese movie, but directed <laughs> by the guy who tried to get you into Linux in middle school. <laughs> it um uh. <laughs> Other than that, uh there's a really early Doug joke in there, the big lift allocator moment, which is like yeah. Lindsay's one other scene, aside from pretending to do a cat fight with um Mars Girl, I think. Yeah. I mean, was it that chick with the goggles? Yeah, one of them. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> Who are any of these people? <laughs> um, they have... I caught that guy Rollo T is in there, and I remember Rollo T because he had a... Even before the site became a laughingstock, he had a really acrimonious split with the website. Uh, it was just kind of amusing to watch since you just see more and more... After To Boldly Flee, especially, you start to see less and less familiar faces uh, roaming around. And you see people, you know, looking for greener pastures. Um, other than that, uh, there's not much else to this. This is a 20-minute skit, basically. And it is the attempt to celebrate a year of Doug and Rob and Mike Michaud and Mike Ellis's uh, website and how it kind of took off and became <laughs> became a big deal. And next next week we are going to talk about their first foray into like real filmmaking. They're making making a real movie with a lot more creatives this time, more people who are recognizable nowadays. And hmm. uh, it's it's going to be interesting to say the least. <laughs> gonna be a blast i can't i can't wait esther do you have anything else to say about uh this this piece of cinema no yeah i mean like you said this is you know almost entirely just stupid fighting gags with exactly one sound effect and like inside jokes to videos that even back then nobody watched uh most of these people like you know i actually looked some of them up in like that that chick with the goggles, for example, like left the site two years later, and then she has a YouTube channel uh, that hasn't updated in two years. Um, I think, yeah, most of these people just like, this is very much like the early era where there was kind of a make or break moment. And a lot of people just, you know, they just didn't do, want to keep doing it. Um, and they don't exist anymore as far as the internet is concerned, I guess. Um, and then some of these other characters will be recurring, and we'll talk more about them in later episodes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's going to be a wild ride, and um, <laughs> I thought I had escaped my own personal purgatory by finishing all nineteen seasons of Family Guy, but we're we're doing the Never one ends. type of autourism that's more cursed than Seth MacFarlane <laughs> autourism, <laughs> Dog Walker autourism. <laughs> Next thing I'm going to start doing, I have to do a podcast on like snuff films or something. <laughs> that's, the, that's the logical next yeah. step. Absolutely. Yeah. So folks, uh, 
I don't know what the hell this is. This is sort of a fun little mini series uh, with Esther and I and some guests where we're going to talk about these movies. Yeah, folks, uh, you're already seeing this on the those good old fashioned values account. If you're one of um, Esther's followers and you don't know my podcast, uh, here you are. It's a podcast where we do this type of thing, but for Family Guy seasons. And uh, if that interests you at all, then check it out. We also have a... Sometimes they do like, you know, this is kind of low art, but sometimes they do do like high art, like Family Guy, yeah. and you might want to check that out. Yeah. Um, uh, we had Esther on a premium episode where us and um, Emmett Booth of, um, what is it, Not a Podcast, uh, we talked about a Family Guy episode that referenced Michael Bay. Uh, other than that, yeah. Um, if you're coming here from me, follow Esther on Twitter at Esther Mary Rose and... Mm-hmm. Uh, follow her on twitch she streams about <gasps> once or twice a week and that's right i am usually there uh, if my internet is working and <laughs> the internet's working yes the internet's <laughs> working and she's streaming a souls game i'm probably there um follow me on twitch too too i might do some stuff there in the near future and uh look forward to seeing where this goes i'm definitely looking forward to that me too yeah. all right see you later <laughs>